Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Watersport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. They come to relax. Enjoy the beach. Have fun and spend money. And that's where we come in. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. Find out tips on the best ways to market and operate a water sports business. If you're a water sports operator, you need to grow your brand, operate more safely, upgrade your operations, and of course, increase bookings. We're industry veterans broadcasting from Destin, Florida. This is the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. And this is Kevin O'Neill and Greg Fisher. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast, episode 26. I'm joined here today with my good buddy, Kevin O'Neill. How are you doing, Kevin? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. Having a little smoothie right now. I know. It looks somewhat delicious. It's like green and brown and uh <laughs> Yeah. What's in it? Yeah. Uh it's got spinach and uh peanut butter and protein powder and um almond milk. Yeah, you need to get that power shake to lift all those boats, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, I got not so much, man. <laughs> I paid somebody to do that for me. On today's episode, we're talking with Ben Calder, CEO of Werewolf. Werewolf is a digital waiver company. They really focus in adventure travel. The topic is about digitizing your check-in process or just improving it, really. Uh, we go into a lot of different directions here, but Ben is our, our first international guest, which is kind of cool. Uh, Kevin and I were kind of excited to see um, that we have 25 different countries listening to the Apple Water Sport Guys podcast. So we can't just think that we're in this little bubble here in Florida anymore because we got people all over listening, which is awesome. Worldwide, baby. (laughs) What? We talked to Ben from New Zealand. (laughs) Uh, That's not a knife. This is a knife. No, no, that's, that's no, Australian. Australian. That's Australian. I know they get all pissed <laughs> off. But it, you know, man, it's it's part like when you're when you're when you're like what when you're bit when your brother is with another country and you guys sound and look the same. It's gonna happen, man. People are constantly like, "Are you from Canada?" No, it's not true. It's the other way around. So, well, it's funny when I was in New Zealand, I was talking with a New Zealand couple that just happened to be on on the plane, and I said, "What do you what do you, you think Americans sound like?" And they did a country accent. Yeah. So it, it must be like if you're not if you're from overseas, they always think that we're just a bunch of rednecks. Dude, <laughs> it's so it's so funny, man. When, when I was doing like my product demo with their uh, with Natalie from Werewolf, she was like, she was like, oh, I love rednecks or whatever. I guess that was more like Irish, I guess what I just did. But uh, I was like, I was like, nah, like typically not the most favored, like. Constituency of the of our country, there. Those rednecks always getting a bad rap. So, what do you think about today, or what do you think about the interview? No, (laughs) I really, I really enjoyed it, man. Uh, I I like, I like Ben. You know, I'm a, I'm, I use their product, and uh, you know, I, I I thought it was, um, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. 
Uh, I don't want to give too much of the the secrets away about the uh, the upcoming episode, but you know, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, about how he sort of didn't really look at himself as a waiver company at all. As, you know, they look at themselves as digital marketers. And surprise, surprise, they're on the awkward water sports, guys. We talk about improving the check-in process in a lot of the different episodes. We talked about upsells. We talked about safety and other things that might, I guess, falls in the category as check-in process or improving it. Really, I think this episode is a lot about enriching the check-in process. Because we think about faster, better, but they're not synonymous with enriching. And when I say enriching is getting more out of the check-in process, trying to utilizing the byproduct of the waivers. So yeah, you get the waivers, but really you're getting, you can get so much more if you have the right outlook on it, such as gathering customer information, getting emails so you can reach out to these people later. We all know from the previous episode, or not the previous episode, but the one we did with uh, America from Von Mack, it's not getting first party data, which is emails, and it's getting a lot harder. You know, five years from now, who knows you know, how difficult you might have to pay a premium to get access to, to people's data. That's just going to make it very expensive for, for the smaller operators to be competitive because it's really going to widen the gap on who can contact right. who anymore. Yeah. And, and, and even more to that, to that point, even in your current, uh, the, your current online uh, booking software only gives you data on one person who, who's doing the booking. So obviously it doesn't matter what we do. I mean, if you're doing a jet ski or you're doing a boat rental, really with boat rentals is pretty incredible how much data you can get, not just on the person making the uh, the booking, but all their friends are coming on that boat rental. So there's a lot, you can tell like 10 exit with boat rentals, but like say even like parasailing, you know, they're, they're going to be tandem. So you can really double down. It's not just a person booking, but the person going enjoys these activities too. So you want to be able to, to create a, a, a profile or an archetype, if you will, for these customers, because not just the person that's that's not your profile who's profiling that customer is not just the person who's doing the booking, but the people that are coming along, they're enjoying it too. But for the most part, usually it's one person who does it, even when they're like multiple families traveling, a lot of times one person's handling all of the uh, uh, all of the uh, all the bookings and planning, and then, and then they're splitting the payment down the road. So as we move into the future, it's going to be uh, more difficult uh, from a privacy standpoint to figure out who your ideal customer is. And as you well know, Greg, nothing's more important than us knowing who's coming on our boat so we can make sure that we're getting that right message to the right people. Sounds good. Well, let's get into the interview. Let's get awkward. All right, guys, we're here with Ben Calder, CEO of Werewolf out of Queenstown, New Zealand. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you very much for having us, Greg. And Ben, you are our first international guest on the show. Oh, that's so, fantastic. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and in fact, uh, I was just looking at our podcast stats and we have listeners from 25 different countries. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. Kevin is now going worldwide with his takeover of uh, water sports. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I'm a, why am I alone in this, man? <laughs> like going out in the world by myself? Hey, speaking of worldwide, so... Um, is it true that uh, that New Zealanders or ki- Kiwis, Kiwis, Kiwinians, I don't know, Kiwis, <laughs> that <laughs> don't like being mis- uh, mistaken for Australians? Does it piss you guys off? 
Uh, yeah, it, it depends who you bump into in the street, to be honest. <laughs> That was a hard yes. Oh, yes. So, so that's the way Canadians feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're always like, they're always like a bit pissed off for being like, you know, like they get, they're like, God damn, we got kidnapped by terrorists and we're not even American. Son of a bitch. That would be my all Uber drivers. Guess Kiwi first so you don't have an angry customer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, uh, again, welcome to the show. And we like to always start to show off with getting to know a little bit about uh, our guests. So tell us a little about who you are and how you got into uh, the digital waiver business. Yeah, great. Well, look, um, obviously I'm a Kiwi. My accent is going to be a little uh, little strange for some. Um, but I, uh, I've been in tourism for about 10, 11 years now. I've kind of spent my career in it, both hospitality and tourism side of things. Um, my, my education is um, I've got a certificate in adventure leadership, uh, a diploma in commercial skydiving. Uh, and a master's in entrepreneurship. So three very random things, but if you throw them together, it kind of says software and tourism. I didn't even know that those things were like, that Actual you could get degrees in those things. Your <laughs> 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 parents must have been like, oh, great. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just get an art degree? <laughs> but it seemed to work out. out though, huh? Yeah, try and convince your parents. This is how I actually did it. I'm like, I'm going to do a diploma in commercial skydiving. And and mum was like, absolutely not. Um, and my parents were horse riders. So um, I, was, I actually looked up and um, horse riding was number three on the most dangerous sports in the world um, in terms of number of deaths where skydiving was out of the top 10. And uh, that was my way of convincing them that it'll be fine because uh, I was like, look, you've got a more dangerous sport than I do. Yeah, so so I started Big Night Out, uh, a pub crawl that I did about uh, when I was 21 years old. Everyone thought, hey, what are you up to? Do you just want to party for a living? And I was like, absolutely. But it turned out to be an awesome little opportunity because uh, as a 21-year-old, I could uh, take backpackers out partying and I, I opened a, um, a different location all up throughout New Zealand. Uh, and our claim to fame was we won uh, Best Backpacker Night Out in New Zealand three years in a row. So as a young kid in your 20s, I thought that was pretty fun. We actually ended up building Werewolf for uh, the pub crawls and realized, hey, it was an awesome opportunity to help grow this company. So we started developing that software and started growing around the world. And uh, then I ended up based in Denver, back in New Zealand because of uh, the pandemic, but I can't wait to get back to the US. Thanks, Ben. And you know what's funny? I've only traveled internationally like three times my entire life. And one of those times was to Queenstown, New Zealand, out of all places in the world. So I'm very familiar with where you're from. And we have a lot of people listening from from Florida or just the Southeast in general. And just imagine mountains meet beaches because they got parasailing, they got jet boat tours, they got steamboat tours. I mean, I feel like a little bit of New Orleans is in um, Queenstown. Then there's some like really off the cuff things like zorbing and luging. I mean, just... (laughs) <laughs> gondola. I mean, it's literally a little piece of every destination in the U.S. all brought into one place. I mean, the only thing you don't have is a beach, but I'm sure you don't got to go far away. Wait a minute. What? How do they have water sports and no beach? Massive, like, glacial fed, freezing cold all year round. And it's great fun. But the, the beach doesn't, the, the lake doesn't have a beach, like a small beach? Like- oh, yeah. But Oh, just yeah. rocks, you know. It's just one of those rocky beaches. You know what they have in Queenstown, Kevin? They got one of those breachers. They're like yeah. a little, yeah, like a little whale, like a mechanical whale mm-hmm. that goes. I mean, they got jet skis. They got, they got really everything there. I was really impressed uh, with the variety of water sports they have. Well, this is where uh, jet boating was invented. Bungee jumping was invented. Um, Queenstown is considered the adventure capital of the world and uh, and party capital of New Zealand. 
Yeah, it's crazy because there's no more, there's no commercial bungee jumping in the States. You guys still have commercial bungee jumping there? Oh, yeah. Is it not in the US? I didn't realize that. No, no, be, uh, because nobody will write it for insurance purposes. Wow. So it's always sort of been like there's always been a comparative or a correlation that people have drawn between parasailing and um, and bungee jumping because there was so many claims in such a short period of time that nobody would nobody would write it anymore. So. Hmm. But this is like back in the 90s, you know, when when I think it first got uh, pretty popularized. Our topic today is improving your check-in process. And this is a, a, a very loaded conversation because we're, we can go in so many different directions. But I think for the purpose of, of your expertise and the way that things are moving in terms of evolution of, of the check-in process using digital services, we'll focus on the digital side uh, mostly today and we'll we'll throw in some things that are more that are non-digital but uh that will be kind of the context so you know kind of the first question kind of open us up is why should operators start looking at digital services to improve their check-in process yeah i think it's really important mainly for the fact of the information that's kind of getting missed um, and, and the opportunities that is getting missed if they're just kind of recorded on a piece of paper and stored away in a garage for seven years. You know, there's gold on, uh, on, on those waivers, uh, and it's kind of about unlocking that potential. We got going with this originally because uh, I was looking at these waivers, and there's a little tick box on all the waivers that you sign that are like, where did you find out about us from? Uh, and I was asking friends if they ever actually looked at that information, and they're like, yeah, we kind of glance over it, and that's our gauge of how our marketing is working. Uh, but it was never actually recorded anywhere or used. Um, uh, big nut out, the pub crawl that we had became the second biggest Facebook page in New Zealand tourism, um, only behind actually the adventures of, of, of Bungee Jump. Uh, and we were just a little pub crawl. And the reason that we, we could do that is because we could contact all of our customers the next day. And, and we were like, hey, here's your photos uh, of last night. Check them out. It was back in the days when Facebook kind of forced you to like those, uh, you know, like, you know, kind of uh, like the page before you you could comment on or, or like or share the yeah. photos and things like that. But um uh, just the fact that we could contact them afterwards uh, really started to grow the business and we could start setting up offers. You know, they say word of mouth is the most powerful marketing, but how do you initiate that? How do you start those reviews? How do you start, um, you know, recommendations and, and, and getting people to actually start talking about you is have the opportunity to contact them afterwards. So for me, it's, it's, it's all about the, the, the marketing opportunity from the data you collected. End of the day, we hope people don't have to use the waiver component of it. You know, that's not the special part. The special part is the is is the ability to start having a digital database of all your customers. There's different layers of of check-in. You have, you know, once you get the reservation completed, the customer gets their pre-arrival via text message or email. And then they they show up, they fill out paperwork or they do or they fill out the paperwork on, on a tablet if it's digitized. There's a lot of steps that they they go through from pre-arrival with the information to showing up to the facility, to finding the facility, then physically checking in, taking the voters test, going through orientation. So there's, I don't know, five or six steps to actual a check-in. And you know, Werewolf covers a couple of those. But let's dive into more of those steps. And I guess let's start with the pre-arrival. What are some things that operators are missing out on on the pre-arrival that could potentially improve their processes? Well, I like to compare it to the, the aviation industry, you know, like um, 
uh, airlines and things, they've, they do such big volume. They've got it dialed. So replicate that, in my opinion. And when you're talking about the pre-arrivals, how all of us have been in the taxi running late on the way to the airport and you check in on your phone um, and then you can just kind of sail on straight through. And, it, and, and they've got it down to make it a really kind of, you know, nice experience for what is what can be quite an unpleasant experience is, you know, just that kind of formality process. So make yours the same. Make, make it as easy as possible for people to actually um, turn up and, and attend the activity. That's the chance for the staff to actually engage with them on a personal level rather than the, you know, give me a credit card, sign this, you know. Um, uh, how's your day? How's your week? What have you been up to? Um, make it more personal rather than um, all the paperwork and, and, and payment side of things. So I want to I want to backpedal real quick and unpack and unpack something that you you said and and specifically about your company because we we talked about uh, this a little bit because th- those were the things that I saw about Werewolf Werewolf I wasn't I was like I'd done digital waivers before I didn't I didn't give a toss about them I guess I I, I saw no real benefit in them because I could hand out all of my I like my my check in process was already streamlined. And as much as we we never do commercials on the show, but we have you on there, we like your product. But that was the first thing I noticed. That was that was my selling point, and that's obviously what you're saying about the the bones of werewolf truly are. So is so now you have this like this idea, this data acquisition business model, which is what you're telling us, right? You're, you're basically saying like, yeah, the waiver part or just a p- portion of it. The true the true genius in our product is is a, a data accrual, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's the it's the marketing, it's the magic behind it. Um, right. I, I hope no one ever has to download one of our waivers. I'm sorry. What do you mean by that? Because if they have to download one of our waivers, I'm, I'm talking about from an operator's perspective. Um, it means something's gone wrong. You know, if they if they're having to use the waivers to protect them in a liability suit or anything like that. Oh, is, I got downloaded oh, yeah. after the <laughs> <laughs> we both were stumped. I was like, wait a minute, what? Sorry, like, I hope nobody yeah. signs these waivers. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Man, no, I understand that the gold is in the marketing, but <laughs> <laughs> it completely took me out of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so weird having a, a service that you actually hope no one uses, but it's like, uh, well, no one needs to use in terms of you know liability protection. But what I hope people use, uh, you know, um, most importantly, is actually the the gold behind it. Is like grow your business from that, and often it's just stored in a lock up for seven years that's some of the funniest conversations we've had when when you know when trying to pitch the product is is if people get into pricing um they realize actually when they break it down they're paying a hundred bucks a week for a storage facility in downtown somewhere stacked full of waivers and we've had companies that send someone in every month and go and destroy the waivers that are that are seven years old and they've got like a like a roster process that they go in quite entertaining but uh yeah so ben tell me when you heard the news that apple was uh that apple was like uh basically keeping their data from the Facebook users where you like, yes, like that gives you guys another hook, right? Because now you can be like, well, especially if they move into that model then, because I mean, after, so I went into some pretty extensive training on werewolf last night with uh, one of your uh, employees, Natalie, and we got into the analytics side of werewolf. And it was like, I was like, I was like, Oh, graphs and pie charts i was like i didn't even know we could do this like this is fucking awesome like that that I, so i get a, i nerd out about that that kind of thing so i mean i have to imagine then that that's probably going to be a pretty valuable asset moving forward when you know tech companies are starting to make it harder and harder to get data 
now you guys are going to act as because initially that's that was my my big thing with werewolf was and uh nothing against otas but i was like well if TripAdvisor hides their emails from me now i can get those emails now i can reach out and, and work on you know, and, and increase my direct bookings by having that conversation with those customers. So those were some of the benefits I, I, I saw of the, the particular. I just find it interesting that, that you say that that's like the main crux of our business is this, you know, just assigning the release forms. is like an added extra bonus. Yeah, that's the method. The reason is the data for sure. You know, and, and, yeah. it's, and, and, and it's, um, it's not just the fact that it's holding it back from uh, or like OTAs and things like that are holding that information back it is also the fact of getting more kind of enriched data because often a booking is only one person but you've uh, is made by one person and, and, and the booking system are only catching one person uh, but a digital waiver system catches 100 percent of people so it's it's more full data we, we talk about like when we hear the word like improving your check-in process don't think about it in terms of how do I make it faster? Think about how do I enrich my check-in process? And that's that can go for getting more data from the person. Uh, it could be branding the check-in process. And when I say branding the check-in process, you got to go back to uh, one of our episodes with Ryan Turner from Your Biker Gang about he completely brands his check-in process where when you show up, they give you like biker names, they give you bandanas the tour guide actually makes you feel like you're in a, a biker gang. These, when, when you're able to make your process more efficient, you get more information to your users pre-arrival so that you're not having to have that 15-minute conversation of stuff that you could have got out of the way pre-arrival, like during a text message or a book. Then you have time to actually get to the good stuff, personal a customer service, asking, like Ben said, asking them how their day is or making it feel like they're in, in a totally out of this world trip, even though they're, they're they're in this small little town. And those are the things that you have to think about is getting rid of the stuff that can be handled elsewhere or make it more efficient and allowing your company to kind of change up the entire paradigm. You know, uh, you mentioned your biker gang, but I mean, I think something that is maybe not universal, but pretty applicable as a lot of people go there. Disney, Disney World yeah. has really really mastered that concept of making the entire journey from the beginning from you kick hitting book now hell even the the booking the paying for it process the entire experience from beginning to end that and you never want it to end you never want it to end even when you get those emails like what what deals does Disney World have? They make that entire experience enjoyable and they definitely brand the shit out. Those little RFDI, RFID bracelets they have for the kids with the like, I still have those things floating around with their names on it. And, and then the Mickey Mouse, it's, it's really incredible. So to, to that point, you know, I think, uh, I think that uh, as far as digitizing your check-in process, you have a lot of uh, opportunities there to sort of mimic that same uh, experience. Yeah, that's a Disney's a perfect example. Disney's actually probably the best example out there. Yeah, Greg loves <laughs> I, love, I love it. Every time I go yeah, there, there's there's so much new technology they have, and they're just like the whole you know the, how they just reinvented payments. Probably make a ton more money. They track they track you through the whole entire park now, and they know they know where. I mean, they re-engineered the entire park to the 21st century. It's it's unbelievable. All right, back to <laughs> this, this is going to be like the, the Disney episode. Like, wait a minute, yeah. what are we doing? I'm like, I, I don't got, know. I'm getting so I, I got I got kind of a I want, I want to play devil's advocate because we're talking about digitize you know digitizing the check in process or using you know digital services, but there are some people who are still very against 
going digital and their response is, well, we've been doing everything the same way and it works, or they might be in a situation where they can't get maybe good Wi-Fi or it's limited, or they just feel like paper is easy. Because like, for example, in Florida, when you rent a boat, you actually have to have a paper contract still on the boat. If Coast Guard or FWC stops you, they, they have not gotten with the times yet. If there's one component in your check-in process that still needs to be paper or two components, why not just keep everything all the same? So Ben, like, what do you, what do you say when, you, when you're in those situations? Are, are there situations where you, know, you have to still use paper for, for check-in or use maybe more traditional me- methods that are... Um, uh, you know, still used. Yeah. Greg, look, obviously I'm biased to this one um, <laughs> because I, I, I think, you know, our, our daily goal as a company is to make everything as digital as possible. Um, I get really frustrated actually when, when, when people say, oh, yeah, I've got a digital, uh, you know, check-in or digital waiver service, but it's actually only for kind of pre-arrivals. Um, but when they turn up on site, uh, very commonly that's when, when they kind of break down and, and, and operators end up passing paper waivers over. So we've, we've tried to design a whole product uh, to be completely digital. So it, 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 covers, it covers every scenario and that includes offline as well. Um, because, you know, we've had a bit of uh, insight into why we do what we do in terms of capturing that mar- marketing data. It's not just about getting that piece of paper. Um, if if you need it, for sure, you know, like, uh, but I definitely struggle with that concept of, hey, you know, it's always worked. So why do we add that? Um, if you're interested in growth, if you're interested in customer experience, then then, then I think you should. Well, there, there's a world where that you could you could live in both those places. I think because I'm I'm the perfect example of it. You know, like I, this has been going through my head, and 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 we just signed up. Well, we didn't just sign up. We just finally started using, got everything integrated, and got where we'll set up. But initially, um, as we talked, you know, um, we don't pull any punches, but we were having some issues with understanding the system. Now that wasn't Werewolf's fault. That was just me not being able to get into the nuts and bolts of it. And really I'm, I'm a busy guy. So we got, we got through that, but initially yeah, I was like, well, we got this system. Like just have my guys like, I don't get it. I'm like me either. Just have them sign on paper. And so, but what I did think about moving forward is I said, well, if I never understand this technology, if, if we're not getting the conversions on people signing before they get there, um, if it is slowing down my cat. Now, these are all my, these are just my, my questions and concerns, right? As any operator would have, not saying yes, that this would, would happen, yeah. but it's just something I have to take into consideration. So I said, well, if this is the way we have to do it, that's fine, but I'm still going to be able to 10X my email links or seven for me, because I do boat rentals, I do jet skis. So we only get one person that gives us their name and their email, and that's it. Now, in addition to all those emails, then I also get then I also get all of this analytical data that I where they're from, who took the booking, how old are they? There's all these other things. So to that point, yes, you want to use the software for all of its worth because it, you know, this is, I mean, what you're selling, obviously. But at the same point in time, if you do have to live in and out of that box just by sheer necessity because you're working off the beach, you know, there's the I like how you said that right at the top of the show that like the true like the 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 true intent of the software is is for marketing and and anal- and analytics purposes and I think moving forward in the future that's going to be really really important not to sidestep the idea of the the online waiver because like you said as well you know this is something that that's happened 
if you if you do have to go into a dusty bin in a garage, and this is what I was telling my guys, if we have to do nine tenths of the paperwork in old school physical format, the one that I have to have is the release of liability digitized because that saves my life if I need it. It could save my entire company if I need it. And you know anything can happen to paper, like you said, and that's the magic number for those of you guys who don't know the how good those how long those release of liabilities can hold up in court. It's they have seven years, and that's how long you want to hold on to them for. To that point, I think you can sort of live in both worlds if needs be. But at the same point in time, like I would really make sure the the main the release of liability is digitized for sure. We have our reservation software, and I I can tell you half of the clients that we have, they used a hybrid model. <laughs> Actually, a couple of them still do. They have they have still yet to go full in on online bookings and and digital use of the of the platform and it's and we try i mean we we try we we do training typically it's the owner uh is older he's just kind of wanting to do this his way until he's out and some of them are pretty candid with us are like listen i'm not going to change the way i've been doing things cuz i only have 5 years left and i'm retiring so this is the way we're going to do it so it inhibits the, the team from actually making that change. So Ben, what do you, what do you recommend to, and you've, I'm sure you've deal, dealt, deal with this on a daily basis. What do you recommend to water sport companies that maybe have some part of their team that wants to move to like a digitized check-in process? The other half doesn't, but that other half is the one that has probably more say like what do you what do you suggest to to these these companies in order to try to get things moving forward? Is there is there any tips? I think it's just about understanding the advantages. You know, yeah. you, you know, um, it, it it's an easy option to do what you've always done, get what get what you've always got, kind of thing. Um, but if you really look at the advantages, then I I think that's probably the easiest way to kind of convince someone because. I found my own work process, for example, I used to always carry around a, a notebook with a pen and paper, um, but I travel so much that just became a nightmare. Then I'd leave it at the office. Uh, and as soon as I personally took all my stuff uh, digital, I just found myself so much more uh, efficient. And we see it time and time again with operators. Uh, you talk about the hybrid model. Um, that daunts me. You know, um, if something happened, um, I want to be able to search my database and find it, and and that's what operators are able to do. Um, and it's it's cut, it's backed up by all the metadata: what time the person checked in, where were they, what you know, um, who printed it, what staff member printed it, and everything like that. I would just imagine searching it, it not being there, and then you look at this garage full of waivers and going, ah, I've got to find it in this mess, kind of thing. But if I was convincing, if I was trying to convince someone, it would purely be about looking at the advantages, going, hey, the customers are going to enjoy uh, enjoy it more. It makes our check-in process faster because uh, the waiver should be done before they get there. And it's super helpful, especially if you're, you know, like if you're hiring one boat and you've got six people turning up, um, you know, when they're doing these kind of trips, people have, um, you know, Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups that they just share that link on and everyone completes it before they get there. So when they turn up, they're thinking about the experience, not the admin they have to do beforehand. Another thing I, I, I think as well is that, I think our business model to a, to a certain extent is a hybrid model because like most of these guys are not, the, I mean, if you talk, if you say SaaS to them, they're going to be like, what? If you say, no, like services of software, <laughs> they're still going to be like, what? Uh, so I know a lot of guys that just forever didn't even have a website, like a proper, uh, a proper website. Uh, they didn't want to get involved with Fair Harbor. I've heard 
complaints about, oh, they're going to tack on 6%. And it's really, it, it's funny because it, it's not about the 6%. When you talk to those guys, when you get down to the kernel of it, they're like, I could get that 6%. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you don't act like that as a customer. Like, oh, I don't like my charge was getting. No, you don't want, you want that extra 6%. But at the end of the day, if you can, if you can make your customer's journey easier, better, like this is what it's all coming down to, right? Because you, uh, when it comes right down to it, you don't want to ever have to pay that, keep on paying those marketing costs. You don't want to pay the 10, the 15, the 20, depending what where concierge, 30, 40, whatever it may be, percent. And this is what it all comes down to. Can you constantly whittle away at those costs? And And the way that you're going to whittle away at those costs are going to be good branding continuing the conversation, make sure you have a loud, strong, reverberating message. And it's got to, it's got to be in the entire and everything that you do. Like I I believe that everything, everything from signing a waiver to saying goodbye, it has got to be like goodbye. So says destiny water adventures. You know what I mean? Like how can I imprint this on you like continually forever? Because you have to, become more profitable. You have to be scalable as a business unless you want to have that uh, just a lifestyle business and be checking people in and you know what I mean? Like doing that for the rest of your life, Uh, which I mean, some guys, that's what they want to do. So that that you have that guy that's just like, no, I, for 20 years, I'm going to, I'll drive this boat and you know, what, what have you. So if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, (laughs) I couldn't agree more, but if it's, if it's a lifestyle business, what kind of border lifestyle do you want? You know, um, do you want to work work harder for less, or do you want to uh, work less for more? Type of thing, especially if it's a lifestyle business. Uh, I think it is about um, cutting back costs, but cutting back the right costs and and making sure that what you're spending um, is reducing your workload and you know and and, and increasing your profitability. Going beyond waivers, I think when it comes to the check in process, just overall. We, we take for granted our employees' time. I think we take for granted our customers' time. I mean, they, they obviously don't want to sit in front of a booth for an hour uh, filling out paperwork and watching videos and, and waiting for their turn to get on um, a jet ski. So, I mean, I, I mean, to not mention reservation tech in a, in a check-in discussion is uh, be doing justice to this podcast. So, I'm, I'm going to stay somewhat quiet because I, 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 I mean, I'm not the guest and I do own a reservation system, but I'm pretty, pretty uh, equal. I, I think uh, we have a lot of great reservation software. I have a lot of respect for uh, a lot of the, the software that's out there. I think it's helping businesses and that's, that's very important to me. But, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about the, the reservation software and, and how it needs to be used for the check-in. And Ben, I know uh, Werewolf does connect with uh, multiple reservation systems. I mean, our, our reservation system, WaveRes, we're about to get a connection with Werewolf. But, um, you know, how, how does that help the, the process um, when it comes to waivers? But more so, how does it just help the, re- the operator communicate and make for a better experience with the customer? Well, you know what I enjoy about uh all of the different reservation systems out there at the moment is is uh, I love the fact how kind of positively competitive they are and in, in that um, it's driving quality and I really like that because um, man that what you can do with your reservation system now uh, I think is is, is awesome and it really really helps these operators 
um, you know, with, with efficiency, with growth, with, with, with everything. From a waiver perspective, um, it's awesome to have that integrated because we can we know what activity, what time, we can help manifest them, uh, and we can send that waiver out in advance, get it filled out. Um, you know, depending on the reservation system, it can be pre-populated or it can just be all manifested within um, uh, within our software because uh, a booking is you know um, you know one booking with a number of participants, where the waiver system obviously breaks it down into the individuals. So if you want to allocate equipment and things like that, you can do it on an individual level. But I I, I do love the kind of competitive environment out there because uh, of how, how how much quality it's actually driving, uh, and and some of the yeah, some of the stuff I think is awesome. To you, and I'm, I'm going to ask a hard question here. That's not about waivers; it's more about your business model. Uh, do you do you do you find that like I don't want to say, but so like uh, I think Greg, you'd mentioned that Peak Pro has their own waiver system, Built, correct? They have they have a built-in system, right? So does so. that does that ever concern you, Ben? That like the the products and services you guys are offering are going to be gobbled up by the big uh, booking tech companies? No, not not at all. Uh, we integrate with Peak, for example, and and um, you know it's it, we've our whole team is focused on creating a better digital waiver experience uh, that improves the, the the quality from the customers to the the the, the operator. Um, that's one small piece in their entire software ecosystem. So uh, it's kind of like everyone can send an email. Why does Mailchimp exist? Right. You know, it's it's a specialty service that uh, that, that 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 we dedicate all of our resources into. Uh, and if 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 they saw us as a competitor, they wouldn't integrate with us. Without like giving the keys of the kingdom away or anything like that. Like I'm assuming you have like your brain's got to be constantly going 100 miles an hour as to like how you can constantly improve and update and you know sort of even streamline your own process because that's what you're in the business of, right? Is streamlining streamlining processes. That's actually the easy part. You know why? Because our customers tell us exactly what right. they want. The hard part is deciding, uh, you know, which one to do first and what resources to throw at it. Uh, because, you know, there's uh, – and, and that's probably the the reason why I'm not concerned about uh, other, you know, operators adding that. You know, we're all eight years old, um, you know, uh, next month actually. You know, there's still so much we can add and and, and – uh, yeah, there's the, the 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 roadmap is absolutely huge, and customers are always asking us what they want, um, or you know when we're going to add different features and things like that. So, um, you know, if we build everything, then uh, and people were catching up, then I'd be worried. <laughs> but the fact <laughs> is, there's, there's so go. so much further stuff to go. I, I actually spoke with um, someone from Fair Harbor, and I I asked them like, why don't you guys start your own OTA? I mean, you already have 15,000 so products. I mean, they could start their own kind of like with Peak Pro. They have like a somewhat of a hybrid model, but they really haven't. And RISD. They really haven't gone. Yeah, ResD, but they really haven't gone heavy on the OTA side. I think I think there's probably more opportunity on, on the reservation system side. Their response was, is that they want to focus on a really great system. They Just to look at them as like WordPress, where they are the the system and then there's all these plugins like werewolf would be like a plugin pick thrive would be a plugin and that's where they the otas would be a, a plugin i guess you could say so they want to just ha- have that platform and and focus on that and then everything else that that could be kind of plug and play now their model could change this was before they were bought by booking.com but uh, i i like that and that's kind of where i've taken waiver as is i i want to focus on 
the platform really, really well, and then work with companies like Werewolf um, or, you know, some, maybe a picture, a company like PicThrive might be something that we would work with and, and just plug it all in. And then they can choose which ones work best, have some different OTAs. But I think that's where re- if reservation systems stay in that lane. I believe there could be a lot of success. But when they try to be a, a one do it all, just imagine if, you know, just tour companies, if they just started saying, okay, you know, when they see an opportunity, let's, let's do Parasail, let's do Dolphin Cruises. And now you're this huge behemoth. I mean, some guys can handle it, but at the end of the day, like doing a few things, Most yeah, doing a few things really, really well is going to give you less stress and, and you have a lot more opportunity to scale that. So if anybody from Fair Harbor yeah. is listening, Greg, who owns an OTA, thinks that you guys should not get into the OTA business. <laughs> <laughs> but we, they are though they they are the FHDN is totally well, an OTA. The parent company. I mean, they t- they're taking five percent. That's their thing. Like they they, they are, but they but they are not a, a they're not like fairharbor.com as an. They're using affiliates. Right. To, well, agree. Which, which is which yeah, which is good. It's it's a good strategy. I, right. I mean, it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, like OTA affiliate. That's like. Yeah, fucking tomato, yeah. tomato. You know what I mean? Come <laughs> on. But they are. Uh, to me, they are. You know, I mean, now don't yeah. get me wrong. Most of that FHDN is like like ninety percent of it's other affiliates, man. I'm like other OTAs. I was like going through the list. I'm like, what is this? Not to get wild, wildly off track, but I mean, this is sort of like this is your world, though, right, Ben? I mean, yes, you're a waiver company, but realistically, you're a digital marketer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and and. That, that's our advantage is, is having having one focus. I, in particular, in New Zealand, there there, there were a couple of uh, um, reservation systems that tried to do everything. One of them has gone bust within the last six months, you know, because they've just they they try to spread themselves too thin. Uh, they tried to be you know uh, everything for everyone, and that doesn't work. Look, there's a reason you've got a washing machine and a dishwasher in your house. They both wash your shit, but in very different ways. <laughs> You know, it's it, it should be the same with your reservation system or, or your waiver system or your point of sale or whatever you've got set up. You know, uh, if something specialized, then it's going to be better. Yeah. So back back into the digital waiver. I'm sorry. I, I So what would you suggest to the to these hybrid guys? Like, so what is a workaround for if you're working off a beach or if you if because. I got pretty. I got a lot more deep in the software than I have been in a long time. So what I what I sort of realized was that you know initially when I got into it, I'm like, oh, it's just like a waiver. Like this, my waiver works for parasailing, for boat rentals, for you know, it's just a, a release of liability. So this works for everybody, but that's not really the case with Werewolf, is it? It's because you guys are very, you are. It's very customizable to the activities that you're providing, right? Very much okay. so, yeah. Well, it's not custom software. It's we've just spent so long on it that it's such it's very highly configurable. Uh, and and look, we've got ninety different styles of tour operators. Um, you know, whether they be walking tours, a skydiving operator, a helicopter company, uh, a parasail. You know, that it, 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 you know we've spent that long in it that you know we've, we we struggle to find something we can't do in in, in that space because we are focused on adventure tourism solely. You know. Um, we, we we've dabbled and had a look around. We've got day spas and dentists and 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 things like that. But it's like my passion. Our our love is adventure tourism, so that's where we want to stay. And especially now, this is kind of I feel when they need us. So then it's like a learning process then for the operator, correct? It, 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 I mean, like not a learning process. I guess it's a learning process, but 
to, in order to integrate properly, you it's going to you have to figure out what's going to work specifically for your operation, and then be in contact with you guys, let you know what's working, what's not, so you guys can create solutions for those specific. And that's why I said that because initially I was just, I thought it was yeah. a one size fits all. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't yeah. understand and, that there was going to be things that were tailored to me. And, and it's good you say that, Kevin, because that's probably as a company one of our biggest challenges is. Uh, the person that buys a software often isn't the person that uses it. Um, and, you know, uh, it might be the marketer purchasing, hey, this is going to really help my job, so yet buy this. And and, and the general manager or the, 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 the assistant at the store now has to throw in this extra process. They weren't part of the sales process. Um, they've all of a sudden just been landed with this new service that they've got to start using. Uh, and, and that's something we're certainly trying to improve is is – passing over that information and actually getting that kind of training done. Because if used wrong, digital waivers can be a really horrible uh, situation because we see companies that haven't been implemented right, um, you know, use it as an extra step in the process, not to fill a void. So I went to a water park actually on the weekend and this, and I actually went to university with the girl that just started it. And, um, and I saw that they had actually become a, a, a client and when I turned up, I, I was with a couple of friends. I was like, "Oh, these guys uh, uh, apparently use Werewolf," and didn't, and, and it wasn't there. And I kind of said to her, "What's what's going on?" She goes, "Oh, look, um, uh, you know, we, we weren't using it. I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand it. Couldn't work it out." And 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 it just kind of reminded me of of the need to improve that part of it because um, if it's an extra step, it creates um, a kind of fragmented process. But we stood for 15 minutes in the queue before paying, and then we stood for another five minutes waiting to get a life jacket, and then we stood for another 10 minutes before they started the briefing. That's when you should be using software to gather the information, you know, and get the the, the, the legal liability kind of side of things done. Um, you know, it's slightly different in New Zealand because you can't sue. Um but even more importantly, she then, after the activity came up and said, oh, look, we're doing a, like an adults-only day that we, uh, I'm trying to market. But I've only put on Facebook, you know, how else do you reckon I market? And I'm like, well, use Werewolf to send them all the email and tell them what's going on, offer vouchers, make them book, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it, it's something we're trying to work on is to help that exact kind of process of understanding how, how to – Evolve your process. Yeah, yeah. I, I said, like I said, I because initially going into the show, I told Greg I had some concerns because I didn't, and I said I'm the first person to admit that I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> inherently stupid, so I've got no problem with. You know what I mean? Like I'm like I'm not. I'm, but I was like, man, I've got to talk to these people, and I've got to make sure that like because I was just sort of in the middle. You know what I mean? Like I say I'm an idiot, but inside I think I'm the fucking smartest guy in the world. So I'm like, I gotta like dig. I can't just like surface scratch this and like go into the show and then like, oh, I'm just not going to talk about the product. We'll talk about waivers, what what have you and, and, and leave it very general because I really did. Yeah, I didn't want, did not want to go into this show not understanding. So that was what I, that's what I gained from last night, getting like really deep into it is that it's you it's it's a process like it's a process like anything else and i think that's the probably the biggest misconception and and probably the biggest ob, uh, objection that you have to deal with is people are just they think it's just like boop it's just a waiver they sign it online they get there you know it's signed it's done simple simple pimple it's it's all done and and there's and, and what i figured out is that there's a lot there's a lot more to that and there's a lot more of like uh, grooming it to what works for me and works for my business. So you got lucky 
and I was able to take that hour last night and because now you're just getting a fucking hour long pitch for your shit. But I, <laughs> I'm back on board. But I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I was initially I was that guy. I was worried it's gonna be an hour long like smashing. <laughs> what but have it, you done? What, I what's mean, going if you on? Have, uh, set me on a Zoom call with a seventy five year old man or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like then it might have been like, what, what? Fuck this, hang up. I'm done having this conversation. <laughs> so, Kevin, uh, when we started uh, Waverus, we had a few clients that they called me up like a week after and said, come over here and pick this up. We're done. Like, they didn't want, I mean, it's it's it was one of those situations where like the the daughter of the business signed up, but once it got set up, the mother and father were just like, it just ain't happening. It really, in, in terms of a, a digital wave. Uh, no, just a reservation system online. Oh, reservation yeah. system. It just, yeah. they, the, it just was too different. The idea sounded great that they can sell online and all this, but once they got into it, it was just too different. They needed, they needed a ramp up period, a longer ramp up period. That really, that really changed my thinking on who, who is our customer. And how we're selling because getting getting customers is is literally half the not I wouldn't would even say half the battle it's like a quarter of the battle it's that once you sign them up tr- making sure they get through that that onboarding process the onboarding process is the most difficult part of getting a water sport operator or any really business operator especially in, in tours because that's where things go wrong either and sometimes the owners they're not present uh, and they're the ones that. You know, they're looking at the financials. If they can't, you know, some of them, I mean, heck, they want things by paper still, like handwritten. And they're not, they're getting like these digital forms, which is way better, these digital documents of reports. And they don't like them that way. So it's, it was just, we, we really changed our onboarding process. We, we changed about who, what clients we're going after because we don't want to get a situation where we utilize all of that time where our staff just spends like hours and hours with this client. And then they decide they're not going to move forward because, you know, someone doesn't like it. it. And that's a huge struggle for a lot of companies right now, because there's these factions in in these companies where they've been doing everything the same way. I just had a a conversation uh, with a potential partner yesterday. And he said, well, the the ownership I have right now, they've been doing this a long time. He's like, I'm probably not going to convince them to use TripShock. And I'm just like, okay, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a it's a huge. Isn't that a hard conversation? It's a hard have. conversation. That's I know I know where he's at. I was in his shoes at one time, and I understand that. But it's it's something where you got to get the owners to sit down and really understand the benefits and understand: are they willing to to change for the better? Are they willing to change to make to make more money and to evolve their company? God, I hope not. <laughs> i mean it's fucking perfect for me i wouldn't be here if they fucking had you know what i mean if if, if anybody understood this space if i had to say yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to i'd have been gobbled up you know like i now they're starting to finally get it now i'm like i got a fucking podcast that <laughs> tells them how to do it <laughs> no no this was the smartest move in the world <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah so it's really funny because uh i i really like the idea of werewolf and i like the proc and i was like just telling people about it. i was like oh it's so cool you know it's like gives you all this data and all this information it really just got me excited to fucking get my shit from TripAdvisor because i 
not a big fan of those guys. So when I found there was a way for me to get their emails without relying on my dopey staff to like fucking write it on a table or on their hand or wherever they were going to put the emails because they don't know how to use computers, that I, I can insult them. It's cool. They don't listen to podcasts. They're <laughs> 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 not smart like that. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's it's a good thing. I mean, it's, it's it. I I love to educate people. I like to see people grow. You know, I, I we're both from the school. It's, there's no, oh, I'm in order for you to lose. I, in order for me to win, you need to lose, sort of thing. I don't I don't subscribe to that philosophy. So, but at at any rate, um, Ben, what else? What else do you got, man? Well. That's a crazy open-ended question. What else have I got? Uh, do you want me to jump? Uh, you know, no, I just want you to keep on talking in that badass voice here, is dude. I'm ready to fucking. Uh, oh, the old Kiwi accent. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think I think what Kevin's getting at is, you know, what, what's the future of yeah, uh, digital waivers? That's what I, was That's yeah. what I meant. I know. Yeah. What's the future of digital waivers? What's the future of, of online, just online check-in? Like wh- wh- where do you, where do you see everything moving in the next five years? Look, I think it's going to hit a, a lot more along the lines of um, kind of marketing um, enrichment. Um, you know, there'll be a lot more collaboration going on. Uh, I, I feel um, at the moment, a lot of tour operators work quite silo. Um, and if they've got data that they can kind of work with, you know, whether it be, um, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, group deals, um, you know, uh, contra deals, things like that. I think uh, when when you've got more control over your data, um, you'll be able to use it to your advantage more. And I, and I think that, um, uh, I mean, look, the way privacy laws and things like that are going, it's going to make things pretty interesting. But I think some of the big companies are going to start to, um, you know, uh, use this to their advantage. And and um, I think the check-in process is going to be easier, but it might not be quite so private. Uh, at the end of the day, there's there's an inherent – I mean, it's one thing you don't want to share your data with um, – you know, the guy on a marketer on Facebook or something. Okay. It's a whole nother thing for you to not want to share your data with somebody that you're about to go do something dangerous and you could potentially get hurt and sue me. So you're, we're going to know mm. who the fuck each other are, buddy. You know what I mean, like I want to know, I'm yeah. giving you a $30,000 boat. I'm going to know who you are. I'm giving you a $15,000 death ski. I want to know who the fuck you yeah. are. Like we're going to, I want to know where you live. I want to see your driver's license. I want to know. All of the <laughs> motherfucker, I will steal your identity <laughs> if I think you're going to sue me. <laughs> I, mean, I don't give a yeah. fuck, man. So at the end of the day, this yeah. is the world we live in. Like they, if, if you're going to go bungee jumping, if you're going to go parasailing, if you're going to do all this uh, stuff, like there are some people. Like I'm not selling your data. I mean, come on. Uh, but am I going to reach back out and say, "Hey, remember us? Give me a great review," or, or do that sort of thing? It's just you know, it's just cost of having fun, man. Like you share it with Disney World, so. I was, I was I was just going to say that I think it's um uh, it's actually quite awesome a lot of the work that's being done to protect our privacy um, because it's making it a little more you know um, I, I personally I can't stand when I just get you know absolutely bombarded with 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 uh, with emails or anything like that but yeah you're right there's a time and a place yeah it's like <laughs> if I'm going to give you a thirty thousand dollar phone, I need to know where you live, who your family is, <laughs> <That's laughs> where your house is. Right. And I'm around. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Man, it's like you rented boats from me or something, man. 
you know how I roll. <laughs> so Ben, uh, do you have any final thoughts for any of our listeners regarding, uh, you know, digital check-in, digital waivers? You know, uh, what are some things that, uh, you know, they they should take away from this uh, discussion today? Uh, I would just say keep an open mind and uh, and, and and keep an ear to the ground. You know, uh, uh, change is good. Look for opportunity to 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 to, to help grow. Um, see what's gonna 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 help your customers. See what's gonna help the business. Um, I think you nailed it, Kevin. It's like when you first take something new on board. Um, if not done right, it can it can throw you off. That doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a try in the first place. Uh, yeah. And I, I just want to add something. If you're listening and you're like, well, what am I gonna do with all that data? What am I gonna do with all the emails? Hire a marketing expert. Don't worry about learning. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Hire somebody. And we have a couple of people that we can recommend if you reach out to us that will take that data, take those emails, and they will, they'll make some magic happen with it. So don't worry about yeah. the aftermath of all the data collection. Just worry about collecting it because you're going to need it because it's going to be much harder getting first-party data here in the future with all the privacy things going on. If you want to new, know more about that, we got a couple episodes we've we done recently uh, to, to give you some uh, insight on it. But uh, Ben, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Uh, it was a great conversation. I think for our first international guest, I think it was a home run. So we really appreciate it. And uh, if anyone needs to get a hold of you, if they have any questions uh, or they just want more information about Werewolf, how can they, how can they do that? Just jump online, Google Werewolf, you know, go to the website, have a look around. You can always email us at getstarted at getwerewolf.com. Uh, hey, Ben, oh, no, we're going to need more than that, man. I just told you what my process is. We want your phone number. We want your personal email, <laughs> your address. I'm going to come by and fucking party, <laughs> yeah. bro. My address, 24 Camp Street, party's on. Look, if you can get if you can get on one of those boats and make your way to New Zealand, be my guest, mate. I welcome you with open arms. I'm on my yeah. way, brother. I'm on my way. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and Ben, I hope uh, hope there's a rival this year because I think you guys last uh, one in Orlando. That's in Orlando, wasn't it? Uh, well, the one last time. But what are they doing this year? Are they going back to Orlando this year? Absolutely, yeah. back in Orlando. I can't wait. I'm just going to strap on three masks and yeah, <laughs> come on over. I th- I think they strategically chose Florida though. For, for probably certain yeah. reasons. So if you don't have to strap on <laughs> you come to <laughs> you North Florida and strap on zero mass. <laughs> Florida man, you know how we do it. You catch us running down the freeway naked, man. Fucking well, all hopped up on bath salts. So if you're listening and, and you're you you go to the arrival events, which I totally recommend you do, you can meet Ben. You don't have to go all the way to New Zealand. So uh, yeah, so that's a wrap. Well, we appreciate everyone coming on and, and listening to the show. As always, keep it awkward. You've been listening to the Awkward Water Sport Guys podcast. If you're in the water sport industry, this is the podcast that brings the business perspective to parasailing, jet and ski boat rentals, sailing, snorkeling, and everything else. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Be sure to sign up to our email list at watersportpodcast.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.
Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.